of I Crashed and Burned. Uh, full disclaimer, I am at a gorgeous resort in the mountains of Utah, which is lol. Never thought I'd be here, but uh, there is a very robust cleaning service who previously were doing an entire GNR medley, which was impressive, but now it's just a lot of like vacuuming and squeaking. The plan was to record a bunch of episodes, so it's happening. If there is weird noises, it's not me, although it might be me, but anywho, I digress. Burnout. Yeah, not just that doo-doo data. It's an actual state of affairs. It can kind of ruin your life. And most unfortunately, I think it's unavoidable. I have had, this has probably been one of the biggest questions I get asked over and over and over again, probably because it's nine times out of 10 when people find me, whether it's in their business that's failing as an advisor and investor or director, or they've hired me to be their coach, or we are advising them from, you know, my financial consulting firm standpoint, but they've hit a fucking wall and they're done and they're exhausted. And the problem with burnout is it's a really hard place to like make decisions from or grow from. I'll, I'll get into this, but when you get there, firstly, if you're there right now, I'm sorry. Secondly, this, this episode might trigger you also. Sorry. Um, welcome to me. I, I trigger you. So um, we'll talk a little bit how that actually applies directly to burnout, but uh, yeah, it's, a, it's, it's, it's like, as soon as you have awareness around that's what's going on, then you can get out of it. You're not really there anymore in the, in the interim, like, well, you're just in burnout. It's just, it feels like a black fucking hole that no matter how hard you work or try to climb out of, you can't get, get out of. So yeah, of course we'd love to be able to avoid it. We would like to tell ourselves that we're not running towards it, that we've got this, that it's just, you know, one more day, one more week, one more month, one more year of this. Um, Burnout can also be very, very situational in the sense that sometimes life throws you some curveballs. I've noticed the first time this, I I was asked to work with this was with a client who I do something called an energy leadership index assessment. It's from my training at IPAC. And I got, this is someone I'd worked with, not directly in the music industry, but we had, he, he looked after a huge, huge, huge heritage act band. And, you know, very established. One of those acts that like, you know, probably plays like three, like, it's like they like perform at the Grammys, you know, like they play like one to four times a year. And that's, you know, it's a multi-million dollar affair that they have. And this gentleman also had always been incredibly sweet, incredibly helpful, incredibly supportive, like the opposite of what you hear about like old white men in the industry. Right. And so he reached out to me after, gosh, it had been years. We did this assessment and it came back like, alarmingly uh, challenged. Like the results indicated that he was not okay. And I did not know how to actually engage in this debrief with him because typically when you're in a place of burnout, everything's happening to you. There is a lot of fear. There is a lot of blaming and projection and resentment. And so any feedback received can be perceived as attacking. Thankfully, I reached out to some of my advisors who suggested that typically when you see results like this, it's probably very situational. And so when we sat down, I asked him just point blank, what, you know, is there something going on? Is there some, has there been any significant changes? 
lo and behold, his wife of 30 plus years had just come out the other side of what was a potentially very life-threatening cancer diagnosis. And it really shook him for anyone who works in the arts on any level. Your career is highly dependent on a very volatile product. And when you get to a certain point, the work with like what I was explaining with this guy's band, it's not consistent. It is incredibly uh, rewarding, but like things can turn on a dime, which is essentially what I'm trying to say. And the older you get, the less you feel like you can tolerate that type of inconsistency and uncertainty. I think in any professional, like anywhere all the time. So yeah, point being, he was incredibly burnt out and he had just endured a really, really, really rough year and it left him questioning everything and he couldn't figure out how to get on the other side of it due to the burnout and exhaustion. So I share that because the what I'm trying to say is it's not your fault. You haven't done anything wrong and we all go through burnout and you'll experience burnout on multiple occasions. And the challenge, the biggest, the, what I've experienced to be the worst part about burnout is it resets your tolerance. And so, and I didn't mean to make this all about me, but I've got a lot of burnout examples. No surprise. The first time I had my, my first real like breakdown, uh, I had just finished my MBA. I was I was the owner of a record label. I was a business partner in a recording studio. I had just partnered in a touring company and I was working seven days a week. Like I'm not joking when I say about 20 hours a day, that used to just be normal for me. I, I bypassed sleep for my twenties and I was also in a very long-term relationship and my partner had a corporate gig. And so he was working, you know, Monday to Friday, nine to five. And I was working every waking hour I remember saying to a friend of mine, I'm, and also, also, okay, so this was the breaking point. I had been asked to participate in this mastermind, if you will. It was, they had selected 10 of Australia's best music managers. And at the time, like, it's, it's hard for me to even say that out loud right now. I had been asked to participate in this. I felt that was the most acute imposter syndrome experience I've ever had before or since. It made zero sense to me why I had been asked to participate in this. I had already written the email telling them that, that I was not doing this. I was talking with a friend of mine and saying, like, there, I don't know why I was chosen. It's only because of this, like, MBA or, like, I, I, don't, I, don't, like, I don't have the capacity for this. I... I'm at the end of my rope. I don't even know how I could take four days off to do this. Like none of this makes any sense to me. And then there's like all of this, there was like extra homework that was meant to happen after. My relationship was really struggling as well. And I was talking with my friend and telling her about all of my ambitious work goals and how like, of course, there was no way this, this opportunity would fit into my plans and I couldn't take time off and blah, 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 blah. blah. And I remember her saying like, well, you talk a lot about work, but like, what are you, how are you taking care of yourself? Or like, where does your relationship fall into this? And I was like, what do you mean? Like, that's all, (laughs) those aren't even things that I think about. They just happen after all of the work stuff. And she was like, okay, except for that there's no after the work stuff. But then she had challenged me 
by saying, well, you know, the people who organized to this mastermind, do you think they're stupid? And I was like, no, like I look up to these people more than anyone. And she's like, so do you think they're idiots? And I was like, well, no, that's the same question, different words. And she said, so can you just at least trust that they chose you for a reason and fucking believe in these people that you pedestalize? And I was like, oh, I see where you're going with this. Okay. So I said yes to that. And at that summit, firstly, I met one of my best friends who ended up being a business partner 10 years later. I got to work with the people who I had looked up to for the last, gosh, how many years would that have been? Six years while that I was in Australia. It totally changed the trajectory of my career in life. And I met this organizational psychologist who worked with you know CEOs and the, the biggest sort of industry luminaries at the time. And he had a little, we went on a little walk because he could see I was teetering. And he explained to me what burnout is, psychologically speaking. You know, first we start with worrying. Once worrying overflows, it becomes anxiety. And once anxiety overflows, it becomes full-blown depression. And that really spoke to me because I had had my own mental health battles and uh, depression was something that I'm very aware of, both um, in my family history and my own personal history can be debilitating. And he said, you know, we really have to compartmentalize that fear, that worry, that anxiety, and we really have to take care of ourselves. And if you're not sleeping enough, if you are not physically taking care of yourself, if you're not prioritizing the relationships in your life, like you will fall over and at some point, you know, you might not be able to get up. And that really spoke to me. Uh, there was a reason that that particular summit changed my life and the opportunities that came out of it, but it also helped me see that I wasn't prioritizing any of those things. And my, my relationship actually deteriorated and we eventually separated my health was not, you know, I wasn't taking care of myself. And so I had a little breakdown when I got back, a massive fuck up happened in my touring company where a bunch of gear did not arrive to an international festival. And I sort of collapsed onto the ground, cried, ugly cried. That's my move. When I get totally overwhelmed and freaked out, I collapse on the floor in a huge dramatic soap opera pile of garbly goop and cry. And my my, one of my first business partners in the first studio that I built were neighbors and I'd become incredibly close with his wife. And I don't remember what prompted them to come over, but they came over and thankfully they were not sweet about it. And in fact, he was like, BZ, what the fuck are you doing? Like, seriously, is this going to solve anything right now? Like, you're just going to feel sorry for yourself and just cry and I was like, but my career is over and I've, this is a $30,000 mistake and we don't have the money to fix it. And he's like, it's a band at a gig. There's so much gear there. Just borrow gear, like seriously. And they did. And they made really good friends that they ended up touring with like internationally that were a much bigger band. And it was amazing and fine. And it was not the end of my career, but it was the end of my, uh, bullshit to myself in terms of how much work I could tolerate, how many yeses I could maintain. And it definitely showed me with my personal relationships, if you don't prioritize them, you won't have them. So I made some significant changes in my life. I've never been able to work that hard since ever, not even close. 
once you hit a burnout, it resets your tolerance and you can't get there again because you're protecting yourself, right? Like that was insane. It took me a long time to figure out how to be able to navigate my work without making myself available a hundred hours a week, but I figured it out. I ended up at a Denver startup week conference panel with a handful of entrepreneurs and not ironically, their, their collective shrink. I don't know who put the panel together, but pretty hilarious. And so these were people who had achieved, you know, a hundred million plus dollars of top line revenue success, international businesses, international recognition. And every single one of them had endured a divorce, a bankruptcy, and an addiction on some level. And in recovery, I mean, you're never, you know, it's never, you're never truly on the other side of it. It's just one day. But on this particular day, these all white dudes, Denver, whatever, um, were talking about how no one could have stopped them from making the decisions they did to leading them to their breakdowns, multiple breakdowns in some instances, and then, you know, this perspective on the other side of it. So I say all that to let you know that if you have experienced burnout, if you're going through a burnout stage right now, firstly, you are not alone. But secondly, you didn't do anything wrong. You didn't fuck it up. We tell ourselves to push and push and push and go and go and go, because that is the messaging that we get from our dominant cultural experience. And I'd I mean, it's certainly in America, for the most part, the Western societies that I've experienced, definitely, I mean, I have some familiarity with Southeast Asia and Japan. I don't know that it's much different. I'm hoping there's cultures out there that don't just cause, just tell you to run until you fucking die. But burnout is, is absolutely a part of your makeup, especially if you're listening to this as a business owner and entrepreneur or anyone who really values, ambition, and growth, you will push yourself to the point of breaking and then you will heal. So how do we come back from a breakdown? And the exercise that I force myself to do, and I certainly work with this on not just my clients, but in my businesses with my employees is, you know, you start with the rocks and it's such a fucking basic B analogy. But if you think of like a jar, and you dump it out and there's rocks, there's pebbles, and then there's sand. If you filled up that jar with the sand, think of that like the emails, the networking opportunities, getting your nails did, <laughs> uh, vacuuming, uh, driving the kids around, like the, all the just little sort of bullshit admin fucking life stuff. And then you try to put the pebbles and the rocks in, like it's never going to fit. But if you start with the rocks. And that's like your sleep, your physical movement, some quiet time, whatever it lives, whether that's a walk outside or that's, you know, a full-blown 90 minute transcendental, I guess transcendental TM is more like 20 minutes, but you know, full-blown meditation period or vacation, whatever it is like food, health, movement, quiet, relationships. So whether that's your partner, whether that's your family, whether that's your caretakers, whether that's your best friend, might be a little bit all of them, but put those blocks, schedule them on your calendar. Like when you go to sleep, when you wake up, when you're breaking for nutrition, if you're into fasting, cool, like how you're coming out of your fast, whatever it is, when you're moving, 
when you were sitting in quiet, contemplative, reflective space, and when you were connecting with those most important to you, you put that in first. Those are your rocks. Then you can do your pebbles. That might be like your work. That might be your budgeting and finance. That might be some spiritual activities. You know, the, the essentially your why, <laughs> why you're doing what you're doing. That that might be playing with your kids, cooking dinner every night for you and your family, and like engaging in 20 minutes of real conversation, reading a book. Like those those things your brain tells you aren't that you, you know, you can continually bypass and put off except for without them, you will burn out. So you, then you, you know, then you, everything else gets to be the sand, all the little ad many things. That's how you avoid burnout. Once you've accepted the fact that you can no longer go as hard as you were going. So you put the rocks in place. Those are your boundaries and it's going to be uncomfortable and weird. You're going to have to have new conversations with people who have expected you to perform at a certain level. And they're probably going to react because anytime you start to hold your boundaries with someone who never witnessed that before, they will go to all of their default tendencies in order to get your attention and get you to react. And so this will be a, a an ongoing process of exploration. Start small, start simple, like committing to physical movement, five minutes, committing to pushing up your bedtime, five minutes, whatever it is. You know, I talk about this in sort of like goal setting strategies, give, commit to a, a, an experiment, test this. When you put your rocks in place, when you honor what's most important to you first, and like, you might not even want to, like I trained myself to wake up at stupid early o'clock in the morning because I call it snooze or cruise. I can get up really freaking early and have a super cruisy, awesome day, or I can hit the snooze button and I'm probably going to get the same shit done, but it's going to be fucking stressed and rushed, which means it's not going to be as great. Took me two years to teach myself. I wake up at the time when I used to go to sleep. So yeah, it was a two year process and that's sometimes what boundaries can look like. And I'm not saying it's going to take you two years. I'm just saying like, go easy on yourself. The how and the when are the unpredictable variables. It's the goal and the vision that you're able to step out. So when you put your rocks and the other like really important thing is that your brain wants certainty and security. That's what you're always going for. You're avoiding fear and shame at all costs. And your, your brain is aiming for security and certainty. Now those things aren't real, which is why if you just stay there, you're never going to achieve the growth and expansion you desire. When with your rocks, it gives your brain the fuel it needs for that security and certainty. You're scheduling in the things that are most important to you, the things that you need most. And so then your brain goes, okay, we're surviving. And then from there, you can continue your grueling. <laughs> um, you don't need to be grueling. It can be super fun and super easy, but you can you can continue down your path, right? Anytime you schedule something in, that gives your brain the security and the certainty. It's it is a cheat code for success. You don't have to stick to that schedule, and in any moment, you have full permission to change your mind. That actually gives your brain the space to evaluate the situation from a different perspective because like you've you've satisfied the security certainty need. And so then you can go from there. So just hot tip. So, okay, I'm gonna actually skip around a little bit here. One of the things with your with your rocks, right, is they're they're gonna be very interrelated to your values. I did a whole nother episode on that, so listen to that. But 
when you find yourself being incredibly triggered or, or any, like, look, any contractive experience. So we can call that stressed, resentful, bitter, greedy, blaming, projecting, afraid, insecure, you know, all of those really fun words. When you find yourself triggered, I'm also like full, I fucking hate how like buzzy that term has become. Trigger has something to do with trauma and I'm not a psychologist, but my mother is. (laughs) And I say that because she went back to school after I was sick. And so I kind of feel like I got to go through school with her. I like to say getting your button pushed, but now it's just become such a buzzy term that even I use it too. So when you're feeling any of those contractive experiences or you're enduring at one of those contractive experiences, or you've been triggered, someone has pushed your button. It's because your values are being sacrificed. Now, this is one of the reasons that I love like business and business coaching is because like that doesn't fucking matter. You still got to show up. You still got to be here. You've still got to negotiate the scenario in our personal lives. We can be like, fuck you. I'm out. But in business, you may experience a value conflict and without the awareness and the tools to negotiate it, we slip into that stressed, insecure, resentful, bitter martyrdom space with the awareness around it. And you can, you can navigate it. Now, what happens often with burnout is we've been sacrificing our values for an extended period of time. It starts to feel like we're trapped. You know, you are heading towards burnout when you are triggered or when you're feeling especially contracted and trapped because you haven't been honoring your values. And so your rocks are an incredible way. And I'm using this term, not like EOS. I'm not even going to get into EOS, but if you're into EOS, you're probably not listening to this. So we're okay. I do, however, love Gina Wickman's traction. I highly recommend that to every business owner. You don't need fucking EOS. All you need to do is read traction and just do it. So end rant. When you are feeling stuck, when you are feeling like a fucking martyr or like you're going to war every day, check your values, check your rocks. Like, are you creating the space so that you don't head into burnout? I'm going to get into more signs of burnout. I just kind of want to finish up this values conversation because once you understand your values, listen to that episode, you're going to keep burnout at bay. It's like kind of impossible not to. And I went through in September. So the year that we will not mention absolutely pushed my buttons. I went and helped my parents out for a couple months because they were both at old and extremely at risk. It's an interesting noise. Went and helped them. I went into go mode. I took all of the parameters off my contracts. I took on a handful of uh, pro bono clients inspired by the BLM movement and just the lack of diversity in my own roster. And that obviously needed to be addressed. So I essentially like hit my max capacity in terms of clients. I also partnered in this financial consulting firm and all of their clients went nuts. Like I just went into fix it mode, which is a default. It is an old avatar of mine the problem solver, the fixer. I always think of that character from Pulp Fiction. Like, was it Harvey Keitel who just comes in and like takes care of the situation? That like, I totally identified with that role. That is not how I want to, I do not want to be the martyr anymore. And I'm not the martyr anymore. And for everyone who wanted me to martyr myself, that was a very interesting boundary conversation. So I digress. So yeah, I went into go mode, which is my most favorite mode. My ego loves go mode. And I thought... 
because I have the spiritual practice. I've got the meditation practice. I've got the yoga practice. I'm moving my body. I'm in the mountains. I'm at altitude. I'm not drinking. I eat, I'm a like vegetarian borderline vegan. You know, I'm ticking all the freaking like mind, body, green boxes, right? I got this. I, I'm, I'm living it. I'm doing it. I'm making it work in September. Uh, so it'd been what, six months of, of working every day, really stretching my capacity, like sleeping enough. I'm pretty committed to sleep now just because I know, well, firstly, I don't sleep. (laughs) So let me be clear about that. When I say sleep, what I mean is like, I turn at a certain time, I'm no longer looking at screens and I'm not talking to other people at a certain time, the lights go out and whatever happens, you know, and I need to get horizontal. And then whatever happens in between that, there is a six hour commitment of that. And then it's another kind of two hour wind up period before I turn on screens and talk to people. That was, that was one of my burnout strategies that I learned. Despite the fact that I don't sleep doesn't mean that I get to be awake and doing shit. I still need to just kind of chill the fuck out. My mom, I remember when I was like supposed to be napping as a toddler, my mom said like, as long as you close your eyes, it counts. So that's, that's my mantra now. So in September, I'd been going super hard and I was getting pissed off at everything, like at like everybody else, right? Cause it's everybody else's fault. And I went into my office on a Sunday cause you know, that's not what you're doing when you're heading full on into like sprinting towards burnout building out all these materials. And I was preparing for a course launch and uh, I had some really big meetings with some in my financial consulting firm where, you know, we're pitching multi six figure contracts. And I was in the process of negotiating a bunch of those, which had had been in place, but obviously due to a uh, pandemic uh, clients wanted to renegotiate. So it was just like, you know, Sunday getting stuff done, prepping for the week and went to the loo and locked myself out of my office. And so like every, like cell phone, car keys, house keys, jacket, everything is in my office. And like an older version of me would have kicked the door in and potentially broken stuff, but that's never really gotten me anywhere. Has that ever worked for you? So I just kind of took a deep breath and walked home. And on that walk, there was no music. There was certainly no protection. It was a stupidly windy day. And I got to see my old patterns for what they were, which was a desperate attempt to control the very uncertain situation we were all going through. Fear driving me. This idea that, you know, the more you work, then like the more results you're going to get, which is totally not true. You know, just a whole bunch of old messaging and old paradigms and old lessons that I had that I don't, I don't buy into. But I think I took that same left turn that everybody did in March of 2020. And don't get me started on pivoting. I did not pivot. Neither did you. (laughs) That is a a startup strategy, especially in product launching, blah, blah, blah. I'll get off my soapbox. You notice how I do that a lot? Swallow tea, switch gears. On my walk home, I made a vow. I'm not doing this again. I've done this enough. And I'm going to hire some people and I'm going to spend the next three months in process development and infrastructure build to create the the support that I now need. Now that like things have gotten a lot bigger, things have ramped up very quickly. I'm at capacity in my coaching business. I'm, you know, negotiating six multiple six figure deals um, in this new business, the real estate, my real estate business, uh, many, many significant changes in that Um, my investment business uh, also, you know, getting into different 
different activities and strategies. So it was like, okay, you know, it's time, it's time to, um, to build this out. So, uh, not business developing for three months was terrifying. So I'm walking home and yeah, the couldn't have predicted, um, how scary those three months would have been in that moment. But what was funny, actually, I just have to tell this story. So I get home. I obviously don't have the keys. I have to crawl into the dog door, went into meditation, which is what I now use as my best tool for when my brain starts spinning out mainly because I'm kind of addicted to that silence. If you don't meditate, maybe I should do a whole episode on that. Let me know. Cause I've, I've, it took me, you know, 20 years, whatever, no big deal. And now I'm like, Oh my God, addicted. It's just so nice to take a break from yourself and your thoughts. But my partner came in <laughs> like, like, like dude fucking busted the door in gun, like ready to, to shoot me because there was no car in the yard. He could see me like in the house and he didn't know what the hell was going on. So that happened. Guns are bad. Okay, kids. But so anywho, yeah, I was, I spent the next three months, like kind of scaring the shit out of myself, which isn't another one of my favorite things to do and definitely stumbled. Like, I think I had more strategy calls with prospective clients in those three months than I had like the previous year and surprise, surprise, none of them landed because that's not what I was supposed to be doing. But my ego was so fucking tempted by these opportunities. And instead of saying no and owning my new commitment, um, which I was stepping out like full, just, you know, that's, that's where it gets, it gets, uh, challenging is I was building out the infrastructure. I had held off on business development, like me seeking it out. And then the universe like tests you. Right. So fast forward into January and getting back into business development and really stepping out in, in so many different networking and communities online now. And uh, I'm like fucking up again. Like I was when I was getting out of the music industry, just making stupid mistakes, double booking. And now I know that's a sign like burnout doesn't, as you grow and develop, like the subtleties of your bad habits become a lot less easy to decipher. You know, the I, I the feedback I get from my work is incredibly complimentary. None of that really matters. The fact that I'm double booking meetings and committing to people and then having to cancel last minute, that matters to me. That is a strong indicator that I am in burnout. And it might not feel like the exhaustion or the like crying on the ugly crying on the floor like it used to, but now it's like, oh, I'm disappointing myself. I've made that same mistake now three times. There will always be indicators that you are heading towards what could potentially be a destructive scenario and look for the signs, you know, look for your frustration, your irritability, your stress, your fear, your brain telling you like, this isn't ever going to change. You can't ever get out of this saying no to things or saying, I mean, I don't know, saying yes, that one's a little bit cloudy. I retract that previous statement, but a really, really great way is ask for feedback. You know, my partner laughed, like literally laughed in my face when he realized it was me in the house. And he was like, well, yeah, dude, like you just went to work on a Sunday. Like who fucking does that? And it, like my ego says all the successful people hashtag hustle harder, but my heart knows better than that. If you have the balls, ask the people around you a really great exercise, text three to five people from your work, from your friend circle, three to five old people who have known you in various iterations of your life, whether those are family members or old friends or mentors or whomever people you've studied with, but, you know, try and get 
a good sort of 360 degree view, maybe like people you, you might be on like a sports team or people from your gym or that you do yoga with, or you go for walks with or hikes or mountain biking or whatever it is, grab a, grab a, a small, you know, three to five people from a handful of different places in your life and ask them, you know, what are, what are my five best qualities? What are my five worst qualities? If you were to give me three compliments or, or three critical points of feedback right now, what would they be? That can be a really good indicator of where you're at and what you're doing, especially if you feel like you might've lost sight of the big picture. Know if you're martyring yourself, if you're doing anything to get something out of it, you're probably going heading towards burnout. And so what I say, like the podcast pops up, like I'm not doing this to get a, a million listeners. I'm doing this because if one person hears this and burnout or recovering from burnout, you have some tools to change your, your situation. I'm doing this because it's a creative exercise for me. And I don't like, this is incredibly uncomfortable for me. Not the talking part. Don't get me wrong. I can talk for fucking days, but like, this is unstructured. I have not planned this. I don't have notes. There's no agenda. Like that's, that's weird for me. This is a purely creative exercise with the purpose of just connecting with you, to be quite honest. That's it. So there are a lot of things I have done in my life that I had a very specific agenda and I wanted to get something out of it. And I did it so you would see how hard I'm working. Um, more importantly, I'm working harder than you are. And that all that did was leave me in burnout. There are a lot of signs that you're heading towards it. They will become much more subtle as you grow in your own development and success. If you are open to the signs if you continually go back to your rocks, what is most important to you? When you notice you're sacrificing that, like this is this is how you will avoid burnout. And so then what happens? What happens once we hit it? Well, firstly, give yourself some space. Like I did in September, I said three months. For three months, I'm not going to worry about business development, which for all of us, like as business owners and entrepreneurs, um, Sales is huge. Like sales, we're told is the, the number one metric for our business. So we can, you know, we can spin our wheels. We can burn out trying to get sales. And like I kind of talked about in another episode, if your actions are not something you can control, if your success metrics are not defined by things you can do and control, uh, that's going to be really challenging. So giving yourself a timeline, like I might not be able to control when a client lands in any one of my businesses more property shows up or, you know, a tenant or whatever it might be, I can control the daily action around what I can do. And when I'm done and taking action, giving your brain that schedule to say, I'm not worrying about this for X amount of time and X amount of time, I can revisit this. And that's one of the things that organizational psychologist on that summit, that management summit I went to in Australia told me is he said, you know, my morning walk he took a hour long walk every day at 6am. And he said, that's when I'm allowed to worry. And then the rest of my day, I'm just not allowed to worry. And anytime my brain wants to worry, I remind my brain, you can worry about this at this time. And then, and we're just not doing that now. Give yourself timelines, timelines for recovery, first and foremost, but also timelines to worry and give yourself a break if you're recovering from burnout. And if you're heading towards burnout, the other thing like is just a non-negotiable are our breaks and everybody's going to work differently. It's not for me to tell you how to work. We all have a certain cadence and a certain, certain frequency for myself. I've noticed I'm like three months on one month off. 
I also have to schedule in a certain amount of, let's just call it self-care. I probably, I don't know how much I, I probably, no, I do know. I know exactly how much I spend because that's how my brain works. It's about $375 a month. And I'm not like, if you're not in that position, I totally get that. If you had told me that that's the number, even five years ago, I would have told you you're a piece of shit, elitist asshole. You know, before it would have been like 30 minutes for a walk <laughs> once a day. Uh, that's also part of it. The amount of time and money that I invest into the work I need to do for myself in order to be able to provide the leadership and guidance that I do for everyone in my life is intense. And my brain tries to talk me out of it every single time. My brain tells me, you don't need to go to that cranial sacral appointment. You don't need to get, you don't need, you don't need that vacation. You don't need that long drive. Long drives for me are, have become incredibly cathartic. You don't need to turn your phone off at 7 PM. You don't need these, these breaks. And when I don't take them, I actually risk everything. So start to hone in on, you know, I know people who it's three days on one day off. I know people who it's every other week. I know people who it's three weeks of, you know, your, your standard sort of Monday to Friday grind. And then they take a long weekend. I know, I know people, my dad can work 20 hours a day every day. Huh? I wonder where I got that from. Like the dude doesn't need to sleep and he's constantly on. And that's what works for him. That's not what works for me. And he can think whatever he wants about me. My business partner, she can also, she goes from four in the morning until 4 p.m., uh, you know, four to five days a week. And, and the work that she does, like, I just, that's just not me. And that's fine. <laughs> like, so find your cadence, find your frequency. And if you start to lose that joy and that passion and that joie de vivre, revisit it. I forgot. That's another way to know that you're really heading towards burnout or the things that you love no longer bring you joy. And that just might be like a simple revisiting of your values. And it could be a lot bigger than that, but it might just be that you're going too hard. So you need breaks, you need times and you need to really self-care is going to look different for everybody. And like, sure, it might be a fucking spa appointment or a CST appointment um, or like a massage. Some of us can't stand to be touched or talk about our shit. And so we need to like go to a spin class whatever it is, find your, find care and give it to yourself. Burnout is that we've denied ourselves what we need. And the biggest, the biggest way to get out of burnout is to ask yourself, what do I need most in that, this moment? And what if I could give myself that without judgment? Whew. We're just going to end it right there. Cause really like, you can, if you can master that line of self-inquiry, what do I need most in this moment? What if I could give myself that without judgment? You're good. That's all you got to do. Thank you for listening. Love you.